Good morning, everyone. Good to be back. Um, everyone is, a lot of people texting me their way this week, so we're going to start putting back, and Marty, also you had requested, we start uploading the shiurim every day back to the WhatsApp group, and from there, Steve will put it onto the website. So this way everyone has access um, quicker um, than if we just waited for it to get to the website. Um, that is not a uh, uh, rebuke on, uh, on Steve. He does an amazing job. Uh, but this way it'll be momentarily after the share is done, it'll be uploaded onto the WhatsApp chat. Okay, so we are on Tes Vav Amud Aleph. I'm just going to re- just re- review the first two lines of the Mishnah. As I was telling before, we have a lot of Gemara to do these next day or two. And then we're going to get to some topics off the daf about the um, Megillah and if whether a Katan can read on behalf of the Tzibor or whether a woman can read. And be Motzi the Chiva men. A lot of fascinating topics. How does Afhein Haibo Soanes play with this? How does it, how does it uh, impact? But for right now, just the first line of the Mishnah is what we're going to be dealing with today. It's HaKari Shema V'Lashmiel Azna. If you remember, we spoke last week, if some says, someone says Shema, recite Shema, but not audibly enough that he can hear it. So HaKari Shema V'Lashmiel Azna, first line of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yos, the Tanakhama says, you are Yotze. So if you say Shema in an undertone, it does not mean that you think it. We're talking about you actually articulate the words, but you say it in an undertone so low that you cannot hear it. Rabbi Yossi says, Lo Yatsa. So it's Machlok is Tanakama, whether you are Yotze or you're not Yotze. Okay, so the Gemara, let's skip to the Gemara now. Just a very quick uh, re- recap of the last, of the few lines we did last week of the Gemara. My time to Rabbi Yossi. Why does Rabbi Yossi say that if you said Shema so low that you couldn't hear it, that you're not Yotze? Mishum Dechsev, Shema. When it the first word is Shema, listen or hear. You have to go ahead and hear what you are saying. And if you don't hear what you are saying, then you are not Yotze. The Tanakama, who we still don't know who the author is, will soon see it's Rabbi Huda. But at this point, Tanakama, who's the one that says you are Yotze? He holds, How does he touch the word Shema? How does he understand the word Shema? Interpret it. If it doesn't mean you have to hear what you say, because he says, even if you don't hear Shema, you say it so low that you cannot hear yourself speak, you're still Yotze. Ah, if that's the case, what does Shema mean? If doesn't it mean hear what you have to say? He says, no, Shema means don't, not to hear, but to understand. Shema Say it in a language that you understand. You could even say it in English. And we said in the past, you, the Shulchan Aruch rules, you can say it in a different language, but you can't miss any of the interpretation. Meaning, don't give a loose translation into another language. When you say it, try to be very uh, true to the meaning. Just before we get into the back and forth, back and forth, because I don't want to lose sight of it, what is the halacha lemaisa? What is, what is the halacha? How do we paskin as far as saying Shema loud enough that one can hear? So the Shulchan Aruch actually says that one has to hear what he says, but if he didn't, he's still Yotze. So meaning, lechatchila, one should say Shema loud enough that they can hear. But Rav Yosef Karo, the Mechaber says in Shulchan Aruch Sim and Samach Meiz, that if Bidiyevit, if you said it so low that you did not hear yourself say, you are still Yotzi nonetheless. With that, he says, if you just think the words of Shema, you're not Yotzi. You still have to say it, enunciate, articulate, even if you don't say it loud, or that you can hear it loud enough you can hear, you're Yotzi. But if you just think it, your lips don't move, you are not Yotzi. Because we're going to see later on in the Gemara that hearer is lav kedibar. We do not equate thinking to speaking. So if you speak it, just not loud, you're Yotzi. But if you think it, you are not Yotzi. You actually have to articulate and enunciate the words. However, the, there is a case, as the, the Ramah says, 
And so at first the Shulchan says, If one is sick, let's say he just had jaw surgery, or he just had his wisdom teeth pulled, and he physically can't talk, or he had vocal cord surgery, and he has to rest his vocal cords for a few weeks and he can't talk, in that case, says the Shulchan Aruch, then one can think it. He has no other option. He's physically prevented. What? That, well, we'll get to that. That's, that's what the Gemara we're going to discuss soon. But if for whatever reason someone is sick um, and he can't say it, then obviously then in that situation he can think it. And actually the Ramak takes it one step further and says, If you are in a place, you're literally standing in a, in a, in a place that's like a sewer, that's filthy with, with feces, whatever reason, should never be found in those places, but Rahman al someone's found in those places. In that case, since it's not covered, that you're not allowed to say Shem Hashem, that would be another situation where one can go ahead and think it, but at, quickly adds the Ramah, he says, if you're not able to clean that place, and you're, you're stuck in that place, and Zman Kriyashem is coming, it's better to think it. If you find yourself in such a situation, says the Ramah, think about it. Assuming it's not completely and utterly gross, because in that case you can't even think divrei Torah. You right, you shouldn't think divrei Torah even in a bathroom. So let's say it's a quasi dirty place. And then the, one step further, the Mishnah Bura says, in all those situations, if you're not able to say it, think it. But you're not yotzei the mitzvah completely. Hashem will understand. He still wants you to think it. But when the time comes and that place of disgusting place or those feces pass and you're no longer there, then repeat Shema. He says, If you find yourself, the Mishnah says, in such a place where it's so disgusting, for whatever reason, that you're not able to physically say the words because it's disgusting, don't say it. But when the time passes, or meaning not when the time passes, when that place passes and you continue walking, you're now in a place that you can actually, um, you know, say Shema without it being uh, an abomination to Rosh Baruch Hu, say it provided that uh, this mountain pass. But if you're in that situation, better to think it at least without the time passing. Think it, Hashem will give you credit for it. But under normal circumstances, one is not allowed to just think it, one must articulate the words. And we do paskin that if you say it, articulate it so low that you don't hear it, one should say it loud enough that he can hear his own voice based on the word Shema. Okay, so that is the halacha. The Gemara continues. Rabbi Yossi, so if Rabbi Yossi it, it uses the word Shema to teach us that you must hear it, whereas the Chachamim teach us the word Shema means in any language, not the Chacham, Tanakama, holds in any language, how does Rabbi Yossi learn that you can say Shema in any language? So he says, Tarti Shema He will learn from the word Shema two things. One, that you must say it loud enough that you can hear it, and two, that you can say it in any language. End of the Gemara for now. We have one critical question we must ask, which is going to shape the entire next 30 lines of Gemara, and it's going to be very confusing, but we're going to try to keep up. But the bottom line is, we have two opinions in the Mishnah. The first opinion is Tanakama, which we're going to see in a second, is Rabbi Huda, that says, if one was to have said Shema so low that they couldn't hear it, you're Yotze, Bidiyevet. Rabbi Yossi says you're not Yotze, Bidiyevet. So according to Rabbi Yossi, if Rabbi Yossi says you're not Yotze, Bidiyevet, obviously you're not Yotze, Lechatchil as well, meaning if... After the fact, I didn't say it loud enough that I can hear. Clearly, going into the mitzvah, I have to say it loud enough that I can hear. So we know what Rabbi Yossi holds. The question is, the Tanakama, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda holds as follows. Rabbi Yehuda says that one, that one, Bidiyeved is Yotze. We don't know, though, 
lechatchila. What will Rabbi Yehuda say lechatchila? Going into Shema, must I say it loud enough that I can hear, or I don't have to? Because we do know that Bidiyevit, if he already said it so low that he couldn't hear himself, he's Yotzei. What we don't know from the Mishnah is what is Rabbi Yehuda's position lechatchila? Does one going into the fact before he says Shema, must one say it loud enough? Or is it only Yotzei Bidiyevit? Or even lechatchila, he doesn't have to say it loud enough that he can hear it. That is the question that we don't know. We don't know what Rabbi Yehuda holds the Chathila, and that's going to uh, impact the next 25, 30 lines of Gemara. So the Gemara continues. Is there any relevance just moving your lips without saying it? So that's, yeah, so moving your lips then is not exactly, it's good. So moving your lips, what is that? Moving your lips without actually saying? Yeah, I mean, saying Shema, what if I, I'm not saying anything, but saying it. So are you saying saying Shema, but no voice coming out? No voice. Yes, so that's, that's what we're talking about, basically. But, you're, but, but moving your lips and articulating the words just without decibel is still saying it. That's the case we're talking about. That's not the same as thinking in your heart. If you're moving your lips and you're enunciating, that's what we're talking about. In your heart, it's never good, except in the cases we just discussed, if you're in a disgusting place with feces, so on and so forth. Right. But that's, that's exactly, that's the great way of saying it. The question the was on Rabbi Yehudi here, that it's okay. Right, no, so the question is, what, we're giving, the question is if you say it not loud, meaning you, you can't hear yourself say it. You're moving your lips, but you don't... According to Rabbi Yehuda, pity everybody's okay. Correct. The question is, lechatchila, is it okay? So why is that a point? Because if after the fact, we often are more makil... Bidi evidence okay, it doesn't mean lechatchila is okay. No, lechatchila... Just the opposite. No, just the opposite. If bidi evidence is not good... No, no. Like, let's say Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi. Oh, wait, who that guy? Rabbi Yossi, we understand. He right. says it's okay. No, Rabbi Yossi says low yatsa. Rabbi Yossi says if you said Shema so low so that you couldn't hear yourself, even after the fact, you're not Yotze. Even Bidi Evan, we're usually more make it or more stringent. He already did it. To make the guy do it again, that's a lot. One second. So what, that's going to be the chilek between Truma and, Dura, and Dura, Shema and Truma. We'll get to that in a second. But in general, it's an important question. If lichatchila will always more machmer, means what is the best way to approach a mitzvah? So you try to approach the mitzvah before you do it with the best possible outcome to, to fulfill all opinions, satisfy everyone. If after you did it already, we're a little more makil. He did the mitzvah. Do we, are we going to make him go back and do everything he took off his tefillin? You're going to go back and make him go to shul, put the tefillin back on, miss work, so on and so forth. So after the fact, we're usually more makil. But the evid, we're more makil. So the fact that Rabbi Yehuda says, Bidiyeved, it's okay if you say it very low, doesn't necessarily tell us how he holds the chathila. Because the chathila, he may say, no, there you have to say it aloud. You didn't? Okay. Then we'll be allowed, then it's okay, it's kosher. But if going into the mitzvah, he may say, no, you need to say it out loud, or he may say, you don't need to. We, we don't know what he says. Bidiyeved, it's okay. Lechatchila, though, he should require you to say it out loud. If not, maybe it's not good. Bidi Evid were always more makil because he already did the mitzvah. Right? Think about it. What he's saying is, if Melechatchila, I have to say, there's no point for the Bidi But we don't know what the Chatchila is. But we don't know the Chatchila. That's the whole point. The Mishnah just says, Hakore Eshma, someone who read Shema and didn't hear himself, he's Yotzei. So that's Bidi Evid. He already read it. No, 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 not whether it be good, whether you need it. Of course it would be good. 
whether you need to say it, whether you need to say it loud enough, whether you need to say it loud enough. When you're going into Shema, what is the proper formula to fulfill the mitzvah? Must you say it out loud, or can you do what Shlomo suggested? Everybody Just agree you have to say it out loud. Everyone say it ideally. Well, we don't have it yet. Yeah, one second. Everyone would say ideally that's the way to do it. But would you be, right? So Rabbi Yossi said, "Let's take Rabbi Yossi. It's the easier one to understand." Rabbi Yossi says, "If you did it afterwards, you, if you didn't say it loud, you are not yotze. If you're not yotze bidiyeved, certainly not yotze lechatchila. That you got. I got that. Good. What if you are yotze bidiyeved? Does that tell us lechatchila whether whether you need it or not? It could say lechatchila. You should you should need it. Lechatchila. You should need it. You should need it. If I'm yotze bidiyeved." Right? Do you need it lechatchila? We just you just Obviously told. not because I'm yotze b'diavid. No, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe, maybe it would say you need it lechatchila, but you don't need it b'diavid, or you don't even need lechatchila. No, no. But what he's saying, what he's saying is very simple. If you need it b'lechatchila, if you must say it b'lechatchila, you will not arrive to the b'diavid, because you must say it loud in the b'tchila. That's what he's saying. No, he's asking the opposite. No, no, no. Right. We, we don't but, know what... It's asking whether, whether Rabbi Yehuda is, is, is saying that if, is this the preferred way? Is it required? Before you start the mitzvah, must you go into the act saying it out loud? Now, we know if he didn't, he's still Yotze. That's Medievet. But Lechatchila, do I even need to say it loud or can I just say it? So you're, I think I hear it. So you're saying, like, I, I have Kavana not to say it. I go into Shema without the Kavana. I'm going to say it to the end. Not without Kavana. If I don't say it out loud, without without Kavana. But I have the mindset of not saying it out loud. Is my bidi ever okay? Is that what you Well, it's not the mindset. Did you say it out loud or not? There's nothing to do with Kavana. Did you say it out loud or did you not? It's a fact. Yes or no? You said it out loud or you said it? Rabbi Huda says, then you're Yotze B'Dievet. The question is now going in. Do I have to say it aloud or can I just, mum, can I just say it inaudibly? Can I always say it B'Dievet? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. When I start to say Shema, what is the proper way? Must I say it out loud? Or can I say it? Why is that just a question to Rabbi Yossi? Shouldn't everybody be asking that question? No, because if Rabbi Yossi says you're not Yotze even B'Dievet, then of course you're not Yotze Lechat. You're not. We're asking Rabbi Yehuda. We don't know Rabbi Yehuda's position. Rabbi Huda, one last time. Rabbi Huda says, if after the fact you said it inaudibly, you're Yotze. Agreed? Right. Does that mean when I go into the mitzvah, can I even, I mean, if someone tells me this is the way to say Shema, will they tell me I have to say it out loud or can they just say just, just go like that, move your lips? That's the question. When, if someone, if I was to instruct, if, Rabbi, if you ask Rabbi Huda, what is the proper way to say Shema, what is he going to say? You have to say it out loud or you, or you don't have to? Good, but what about going Does into the mitzvah? That if, that if I said it, no, maybe you don't need even to say lechatchila. No, that's exactly okay, the question. Okay, okay. So now the Gemara goes. What's the difference again? As far as what? So the, uh, the or Why do we care so much? Well, because we're going to try to find out who the author of this next mission is. So again, there are there's two two man armor There are two opinions here. Rabbi Yossi says if hashma means you have to say it loud enough that you can hear, means post facto you said it. And you're, you're not Yotze. If you're not Yotze afterwards, clearly you're not going to Yotze before. Or the proper way means even after the fact, if you didn't say it out loud, you're not Yotze. It means going into the fact, going into the mitzvah, you have to say it out loud. Good. We're trying to establish when, who, who the Tana is. So we're going to say, Elliot, that the Tana of the, the Tana Kam is Rabbi Huda. 
And we're going to establish that in a minute. But the question what we don't know is, we know Rabbi Huda says, if after the fact you didn't say it loud, you're Yotze. But what would he tell you beforehand? And that, this question is going to impact, you'll see in a second, many lines of Gemara. So the Gemara continues. Tanan Hasam. We have another Mishnah. If someone is deaf, he's, but he's not a mute, meaning he cannot hear himself, but he is able to speak. Lo yitro, he should not separate truma. Why? Because you have to make a bracha. And if, since you're, not make, you're hearing the bracha that you're saying, it's better, says the, this, this uh, Mishnah, the chatrila, he should not be the one to be marfish um, truma. However, im taram truma so truma. If, however, he went ahead and he separated truma, the truma is good. Okay, so again, lechatchila, someone who cannot hear his own bracha should not be the one to separate truma. That's lechatchila. It's giving you the formula. If you have two people who can go ahead and separate the truma, one of them is a deaf person, the other one is normal, so to speak, then let the one who is normal, meaning the one who can hear, say it, because he'll hear his own bracha, as opposed to the person who's deaf. Now this is lechatchila. Lechatchila lo yitrom is telling us the preferred way. Lechatchila means the optimal, optimal way to perform the mitzvah. The optimal way to perform the mitzvah is one who can make the bracha will hear himself. So, but if he did it bidiyeved, if he went ahead and the person who was deaf went ahead and did it anyway, he is yotzei. That's Bidiyavid. Bidiyavid is not the optimal way. It's what will allow you to get away with. Lechatchila is the optimal way. Before you perform the mitzvah, learn how to do it the most optimal way. That's Lechatchila. Bidiyavid is Bidiyavad. He already did the mitzvah. It wasn't optimal. Okay, it wasn't optimal. But we still give you credit for it. So that's this case. Question is, who is this Mishnah going like? Please. Yeah. Now you're dealing with a Hearing the Shema, it's not a bracha levachalah if you have to repeat the, the words Shema. So right. Is it a good comparison? Okay, good, great question. But the bracha, if you have to repeat the bracha, it's a fact. The bracha levachalah was already done. You're not creating a bracha levachalah now. And no one would say you have to go ahead and make the bracha again. You just have to do the mitzvah again. It may not be a bracha levachalah necessarily. You could do the mitzvah again. You wouldn't necessarily have to repeat the bracha. The bracha is not akeb. So, but Shema... So to the, deaf, the deaf guy would, would just separate the truma. And he'd be yotze. And even though his bracha wasn't Yotze, because he didn't hear it, but well, I guess he, he is Yotze uh, Bidyevet. Bidyevet, exactly. Vim Tarum Truma, so Truma. But there's two guys that can do it. So that's the question. That's the exact question. What is the optimal way? This, to your point, if there are two guys, must we say the one that can hear? Yeah, when I, I don't want to use the word normal. I mean, normal hearing capacity. The one that can hear, is it better than he make the bracha? Or no, there's no optimal way. The, optim, the bracha doesn't impact what the optimal way is. And therefore, either Ruvain or Shimon. Ruvain's deaf, Shimon's not. Ruvain or Shimon can make the bracha and separate the truma. So the question is, now we see clearly from this case of truma, lechatchila, it's not good, but the evid is good. Who is this going like? Is this going according to like Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi or Rabbi Yehuda? Oh, so let's see. So you want to say... We don't know. We don't know yet. So Gemara says, Montana, who is this author of this Mishnah that says... Uh, Rabbi Yosef sorry, says, Bidiyevit, it's not good. Excellent. Like, what's, what, there's not a question. It, it is a questionnaire. Yossi says it's not good. Excellent. But he says it by Shema. The Gemara is going to say, that's a Daraisa, but the Bracha is only the Rabbanan. Maybe that's his Chiluk. Maybe that's why he differentiates. The first opinion of Chista is going to say, it's an excellent question. Rabbi Yossi. The easier route would have been what you just said. Yeah. Bidia, line up the Bidiyevids. 
<clears throat> Good, but the problem is we're non-binary today, so we have to uh, we have to, we have to think a little outside the box. What they're saying is that Rabbi Yossi is good. Why can't it be like Rabbi Huda? Because this Rabbi Chista saying Rabbi Huda says even lechatchila one has to go ahead and say Shema out loud. And if you have to even lechatchila, Rabbi Yehuda is going to say his opinion. Then lechatchila, the deaf person should not be the one making the bracha. This is assuming that Rabbi Huda holds even the Chathila, one has to say it out loud. If that's the case, then this case by the Truma would not work because it says it says Lechatchila, you cannot do it, but the Truma is good. It would fit with, with Rabbi Huda. So, how do you explain Rabbi Yossi? So, the Rabbi Morrison says as follows. Um, so Amar of Chista Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi is the one who says this opinion. It's not. It says a Kore Shema Vlashmiel. As Rabbi Yossi is the one who says in our Mishnah, someone went ahead and said Shema out loud, but not loud enough that he heard himself. He is the Tanakhama says Yotze. That's Divi Rabbi Huda. The Gemara now ascribes the first opinion in our Mishnah to Rabbi Huda. If you're getting lost on who says what, it's okay. We we did halacha lemaisa. Try to catch as much as you can. Rabbi Yossi says lo yotze. That was our Mishnah. So to Ron's point, if Rabbi Yossi says in our Mishnah that b'diavet by Shema, you're not yotze if he said it if he didn't say it loud. Why would he say here that the truma is the truma if the person was deaf and didn't hear his bracha? So the difference is atkan lo kamar Rabbi Yossi lo yotze. The only place where Rabbi Yossi said lo yotze was by Shema el gabe kriya Shema. Why? Because that's the oraisa. Aval truma, but the bracha by truma, even though truma itself is minat Torah, the the bracha that you must articulate before is only the rabbanon. Mishum brachi u bracha the rabbanon v'lo bracha talya milsa, and the bracha is never ma'akev. We went last week. We spoke about it at length. Why do we need both of these answers? <clears throat> you can look back at last week's share. In order to review that, it would take ten to fifteen minutes, which we don't have right now. So <clears throat> the bottom line is this: Rabbi Chista is assuming that Rabbi Yehuda says even lechatchila. One, the most optimal way to fulfill Shema is by saying it out loud. Therefore, he says, one must say it out loud. And therefore, our Mishnah over here, by Truma, cannot be going like Rabbi Yehuda. Because here it says that the deaf person cannot do the Truma. I mean, L'chatchila, he, he, he's not able to do it. So therefore, it would, it would, it would go like Rabbi Yossi. The Gemara continues as follows now. It says, Umimai, Rabbi Yossi, how do you know that the Mishnah by Truma is like Rabbi Yossi? Dilma is like Rabbi Huda. Merely it's like Rabbi Huda, as, as, um, as uh, Ron says. And, he, and he's in the whole. Maybe he'll say, our Mishnah is by Lechatchila. He cannot say it if he doesn't say it loud. But it's good. Like, like what we ascribe to Rabbi Yossi. But. It, and how do I know that our Mishnah is only Bidiyeved? Rabbi Huda says Yotze Belechatchila, he also needs it to say out loud? Because look at the Lushan of the Mishnah, Teda, Diktani, because the Mishnah says Hakore. Uh, what does Hakore suggest? It doesn't say that one who's going to read. It means he already read, past tense. So Hakore, Diyevedin, Lechatchila Lo. So maybe we can say that our Mishnah, because it's, it's talking about, um, it's also Lechatchila, that one should not go ahead and def- and separate truma if he can't hear. Maybe that goes in line with our Rabbi Huda, because our Rabbi Huda also says lechatchila one cannot say shema if you can't hear it. So to here he says one cannot go and separate truma if you can't hear it. But if you separate truma, it's good. If you said shema, it's good. So maybe Rabbi Huda, what? <laughs> Slightly 
like that. Tennis. That's exactly what this is. Now the Gemara is going to refute that. The Gemara has said, Amri, they said as follows. And that, no, the Gemara says it's not necessarily a proof that from the word hakore that our Mishnah is talking about Bidiyevin. We're saying that he already read. Again, I apologize if the Gemara is confusing. I'm doing my best to explain it. It could also mean hakore, one who read. It could mean one who reads. It could also mean one who read. It can be interpreted either way, to your point. Correct. Our Hebrew grammarian over here. So, if a high diktani, a kore, the Gemara is going to say, no, kore doesn't necessarily mean that it's only talking about bidiyeved. You know why it says a kore? Lo diyecha Listen to what Rabbi Yossi says. Rabbi Yossi says, is, Rabbi Yossi is so machmer that he says, even bidiyeved, even if you read it post facto and you said Shema so low, you're still not Yotze. That's why he gave the Lashon of bidiyeved, to show the strength of Rabbi Yossi's position. Whenever we give sides to a machlokas, we always try to give the most potent side. We don't want to guess what the, what, to the extent that the person will hold their opinion. You give the furthest, the strongest opinion, and then you can infer what they would hold from the, in the weaker position. But if you give the weaker position, you won't necessarily want, know what they hold in the stronger position. So the reason why it said HaKore is to teach us that even B'diyevet Rabbi Yossi answers it, says it's not good. The Shema was not good even after the fact you, that you said Shema quietly, you're still not Yotze. That's why I use the word Akore, but not necessarily to teach us that Rabbi Huda only says Bidiyevet. <clears throat> so Bidiyevet Nami lo Yatsadi, Rabbi Huda, I feel that Nami Yatsad. No, but according to Rabbi Huda, it could be that even Chatrila, you are Yotze. So now, it turns out to Rav Chista <clears throat> that Rabbi Kord, Rabbi Huda, you do not need to say it out loud, even Chatrila, and therefore <clears throat> our Mishnah is talking about the Machlokes is. Um, so, so, so the truma can be like uh, the case of the truma can be like um, Rabbi, uh, like can be like Rabbi Huda. Although now we just went in and proved um, that Rabbi Huda would hold that um, not like that. Meaning that our Mishnah is only uh, even the Chatrila. Okay. Now the Gemara says B'mayo Kimta. So now how are we going to establish this Mishnah of the truma? Like who Rabbi Yossi? That if that's the case, we come on to a new problem now. So listen to this problem now. <clears throat> We're holding now that Rabbi Huda says that you don't need lechatchila to hear it by Shema. And Rabbi Yossi is going to say you have to hear it even b'diyavid. So now we don't have any middle ground. So what's the case here? This new case here, how do we establish the following Mishnah? <clears throat> a person cannot go ahead, Shlomo, to your point, a person cannot say benching in his heart. You can't think the words of benching. You must actually articulate them. And we're talking about now where you articulated them, but inaudibly, once again, the same case. You actually said it, but very, 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 very low. So what does our Mishnah say here? It says, Lo One should not say it very, very low. However, which basically means if you went ahead and did it, you're Yotzei. So now we're separating lechatchila and b'diyevet. Lechatchila, one must go ahead and say berchas uh, loud enough, but b'diyevet, right? You can't say it in your heart, meaning you can't say it low. But b'diyevet, if you did it, you're yotze. That's not like Rabbi Yossi or Rabbi Huda. We said Rabbi Rabbi Yossi says even b'diyevet, you're not yotze. In this case, we said the benching, you are yotze b'diyevet. And then we said according to Rabbi Yehuda that even lechatchila, you have to say it that you can hear. And here saying. And they're saying, Lo you cannot say the chatchila, you cannot bench inaudibly, it's so low. Rabbi Huda says, 
Lechatchila, you can say it low. Here we're saying you can't say it low. And Bidiyevit, according to Rabbi Yossi, you're not Yotzei with benching, but here you are Yotzei with benching. So this Mishnah does not go according to either one. Okay? Even though this is from uh, the writer. Right, but it's a different it's Mishnah. Correct. Correct. It's a different. It's a different Gemara. It's a different Mishnah. Um, uh, um, the says, "Look, Rabbi Yosef, look, Rabbi Yehuda." Doesn't go like either one of them. Do you, Rabbi Yehuda? Ha'amar lechatchila namiyatza. According to Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda, we said that even if you say it inaudibly, you are yotzei. The way we're interpreting our Mishnah, but this benching is saying that lechatchila you're not yotzei, so it can't be like Rabbi Yehuda, and it can't be like Rabbi Yosef because Rabbi Yosef says even b'diavid you're not yotzei. So I know it's a little confusing. The Mark goes back now again. So Elamai must be Rabbi Yehuda b'diavid in lechatchila lo. It must be that our Mishnah is talking about only b'diavid you are you are yotzei, but lechatchila Rabbi Yehuda will say you must say it loud enough. Again, so now we're going back and we're saying as follows. In the, the, the upshot is that according to Rabbi Yehuda, that Bidiyevet, you are Yotzei, but Lechatchila, you're not Yotzei. Mean Lechatchila, the optimal way to say it, you must go ahead and hear it. Elahodesani, Rabbi Yehuda, Bered, Rabbi Shimon, Ben Pazi. Really, Rabbi Yehuda is giving another opinion, and that is the following. There's another case now. Listen to this case, as if we weren't confused enough before. We said before that if you are a, a deaf person, you should not be the one to go and separate the truma. But if you did, you're Yotzei. Now there's another opinion that says, even if you are, this is Rabbi Yishu ben Pazi, even if you're deaf, you can go ahead and separate. Whose opinion is this? This is blowing us out of the water. Who says you can do that? We said Rabbi Huda says you can't do lechatchila. We said Rabbi Yo says you can't even do it b'diavid. If you don't say it loud enough, you're not Yotzei. Now we have a third opinion, even lechatchila, you can't say it inaudibly. So who is this opinion? Gemara doesn't say... <coughs> Who is this like? According to Rabbi Huda says that B'diyavid you are Yotzei. And this is saying that you're, you're not going to be Yotzei. Um, <clears throat> that you are Yotzei. Lechatchila, you should not do this. But our case is saying even Lechatchila you can do it. And Rabbi Yossi says, but the Eved, you're not Yotzei. So again, this case, in this last case that we just brought, if you have a deaf person being mafish truma, even Lechatchila, he does not have to hear his own bracha. Rabbi Yossi says, B'diyavid, you're not Yotzei. And Rabbi Yehuda says, L'chadchila, you're not Yotzei. And this one says, L'chadchila, you are Yotzei. By saying a bracha of so low. So who is this like? So the Gemara says, it's not a problem. The Olam, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda really says, even L'chadchila, back in our Mishnah, says, even L'chadchila, one does not have to say it out loud. It's not a kasha. Although kasha is not a stira. When he's talking about the brace over here, by Echeirish, can even do L'chadchila, He's talking about his himself, himself or the Rebbe, when he gives the, the other opinion that um, differentiates between the two, he's giving the opinion of his Rebbe, Rebbe Lezer ben Azar, uh, ben Pazi, and therefore it is not istira. The bottom line is, I don't want everyone to get confused, the bottom line is we said that halacha, that if one says Shema, doesn't hear himself, he is still Yotzei. Okay, the Gemara continues, we're going to get to the part that we want to get to in a minute. Rabbi Huda Omer Mishum, it's not, we have another Mishnah. <clears throat> Where do we have every case? Rabbi, Rabbi Huda is quoting his Rabbi. I'll give you another example. Rabbi Huda ben Omer, Mishum, Rabbi Lezben, Azariah. We said this, right? Someone who says Shema must ideally say it loud enough that you can hear yourself. Because it says the word Shema, you have to hear what you say. Omer Leis, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says, what do you mean you have to say it out loud? How are you Omer? The Pasuk says later on, It should be on your heart. What does on your heart mean? What's ever in your mind? 
Meaning, you don't have to articulate it. If the bottom line is, I'll live avechatz, what's in your mind, why shouldn't it make a difference? Why shouldn't it make a difference if you say it or not? So, now that you told me this, I feel like it could be like Rabbi Huda says, like his Rabbi. Rabbi Huda is giving, quoting a second opinion, therefore he's not so sure himself. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, again, for those who follow, that the Machlokas, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda says, Lechatchila, we're still not sure how those possibilities, how he would hold the Chatchila, but Bidiyevin, he says, you are Yotze if he said Shema inaudibly, whereas Rabbi Yossi says, you're not Yotze even Bidiyevin, we are Mekil, the Halacha, that we say that Lechatchila, it is better to say it out loud, but if one does not say it out loud, you are still Yotze. <clears throat> we're going to bring another case right now, at least let's start this case. This is, a, this is uh, more fun. Tanan Hassan, we have a Mishnah in Megillah. Hakol kisherim likros as ha-megillah. Everyone is allowed to go ahead and stand on the bima, Purim night in BRS, and read the Megillah for other people. Chutz, mecheresh, shote v'katan. Except for a cheresh, which is a deaf mute in this case. But in this case, he's not a, not a mute, because he'd be saying, he'd be saying um, Megillah for everyone. So in this case, he would be a cheresh that speaks but doesn't hear. A shota and a katan. So anyone can get up, Purim night, and say Megillah for everyone. That is the, the Tanakama. Shota is someone who has the IQ of a, uh, uh, like an imbecile, they, they, you know, who has, who's mentally challenged. Chutz mecheresh, shota vekatan. Katan is not chayiv in mitzvos, and a shota is someone who doesn't have the mental capacity to understand the mitzvos, and a cheresh is someone who cannot speak. Rabbi Huda machshir bekatan. Listen to this. Rabbi Huda says a katan can go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah for everyone else. A katan, a 12-year-old. Now, there are two different types of katanim. We have a katan that's called shegilachinuch and not gilachinuch. You have a 4-year-old and you have a 12-year-old, right? A 12-year-old boy and a 4-year-old. Obviously, there's a difference. The mental capacity of a 4-year-old is not on the same level as a 12-year-old. And a 12-year-old, we assume, is not on the same level as a 16-year-old or even a 13-year-old. So we have to see what it's talking about. But listen to what it says. Hakol k'shem likros ha'samegillah chutz mecheireshot v'katan except the cheireshot v'katan. Rabbi Huda says no. A katan is allowed to go ahead and read for everyone else. Suman Tana. Who is this Tana? So before we get to that, just so we can do something a little off the top, this is a incredibly important tosfos. This tosfos teaches us a a lesson for all of Shas. So let's look at this bottom tosfos. We read the machshir b'katan. We'll pick up from here tomorrow. But let's at least do this tosfos in the next two three minutes. Everyone have it. We're on tesvav of the bottom tosfos. A critically, critically, critically important tosfos. Rabbi Huda. Okay, everyone have it. Rabbi Huda machshir b'katan. So im tomar katan mari. What kind of katan are we speaking about here? When Rabbi Huda says that a katan can get up on the bima purim night and read the megillah for everyone and me, you, and everyone here will be yotze through the katan's reading of Megillah's Esther. What kind of katan are we talking about? If we're talking about a seven-year-old who doesn't is not even at the age of where he can be mechanech and you, you you educate him. We know the Gemara Rosh says that if I am not obligated in a mitzvah, I cannot discharge Marty's obligation if Marty's obligated. Right? If I'm not obligated, how can I discharge his obligation? I have to be mechuyiv in something obligated in order to discharge someone else's. So a seven-year-old is clearly not obligated. So how can he, how can he go and, and, and be mozi laser? So, okay, that, that's the fr- so it can't be talking about that. 
So rather, my time to Rabbi Huda the Machsher. If that's the case, how could Rabbi Huda say, talking about a seven year old, how could Rabbi Huda say that, he's, that he allows a katan to read? But so the, what's the other possibility? Someone is Gilachinach. Let's say a 12 year old. By the way, what is the age of Gilachinach? Most posts can hold around 10, 11. 9, 10, 11 is, is the age where usually Gilachinach. So V'i B'Gilachinach, my Tamayad Rabbanon. The Asri, Harikuri Yasmi Gilad Rabbanon. One second. And if it's a 12-year-old, then he's, then a, someone who's gilachinach, a 12-year-old is chayv mitzvot rabbanon, right? What's our obligation as far as Megillah? Deraisa rabbanon. Purim itself is only rabbanon. So how can Megillah be deraisa? So then he asks, what's, how, how do you explain the rabbanon who say that a katan cannot read? If a katan is only chayv rabbanon because he's, he's a katan, and I'm only chayv rabbanon, I'm a gadol, but the whole institution of Megillah is only rabbanon. Then why can't, we're on the same playing field? Then Tosos asks, if you say it's less than twelve year old, seven year old, then you don't understand Rabbi Huda. How could he read? For, how could the katan read for everybody else? How's Rabbi Huda machshir the katan? And if it's talking about a twelve year old, how can you understand the rabbanon and say he can't read? If it's a twelve year old, he's chayv drabbanon, I'm chayv drabbanon, and the rabbanon can discharge the rabbanon. Yes, everyone understand the question. So either way, we're we're in a catch catch twenty two here. Marty, good. Okay, so it says now, So you can go ahead and put the Rabbanon. One Rabbanon can, can go ahead and be mostly a different Rabbanon. So now, there's a Gemara in Dafchaf, we can get to in a couple, in a few, a couple months. The Gemara there says that a Katan can discharge his father's obligation in benching. Now, benching we know is Minat Torah. And it says a Katan can bench for his father. So the Gemara says there, we're talking about a, a, a Katan Shagilachinoch. And the father did not eat Kidei Sevilla. He didn't eat that where he's satiated. Yeah. We're only Chayav to bench Minatorah if we ate Vachalta Visavata Virachta. So I had a little nibble of bread. So the father is now not Chayav Minatorah. He's only Chayav Midrabanan. So the Gemara there says that the child who's 12 years old can discharge his father's obligation. If that's the case, says Tosfos, then it's a question on our, mission, our Gemara here. Why can a katan go ahead and fulfill his father's obligation by benching? You'll tell me they're both on a drabanan. The child's chinuch is drabanan, and the father's on the chayv drabanan. Why is that different than Megillah? If there's a 12-year-old reading Megillah, he's chayv drabanan, I'm chayv drabanan. It should be the same thing as the benching. That's Tosas' question, okay? Now, Tosas gives two answers. The second one is, is an incredibly important shas my topic. The first one I'll just tell you outside. He says, because... We're only high by the case of benching, the difference is we're only chai minatora if we ate sevia, kidei sevia, if we're satisfied. If you ate less than that, it's just a chumrah. So this child is not really discharging the father's obligation. Minatora, it's a chumrah. So we allow, right, because minatora, you're not obligated to do that. It's not even the rabbana, it's more of a chumrah, right, that we say that Hashem says, why do I show favor to B'nai Yisrael? Because they, they're mocking themselves to bench even the ikebetza. That's not the real, that's not the real share. The share is kidei sevia. So it's not, it's not so much a Durabonon, Durabonon. Okay, look at this other answer. This is amazing. He says, Inami. We're on two, four, seven lines from the end. Inami, Aleph Nun. He gives another reason, says Tosos. Hosam leka bekotan alchad Durabonon, demaisha katan achal kadei sevia. Kach osi Durabonon, mozi Durabonon. By the case over there, we're talking about with a child by benching, a brachos lafchaf. He ate to the point where he's satisfied. So if he was a gadol, he'd be chayv min Torah. The fact that he's a katan, he's only chayv midrabanan. But how many dirabanans obligate him? He's only one dirabanan, meaning 
He ate Kidei Sevilla. The, the child had three slices of pizza. He is definitely satisfied. So his obligation would be Minat Torah, if not for the fact that he's a katan. So he's Chai of Mid Rabbanan. There's one Dirabanan working for him now. So one Dirabanan can be Motzi, one Dirabanan. By the case of Megillah, how many, you're a mathematician. How many, how many, how many Dirabanans are there? Two. He has two Dirabanans. The whole institution of Megillah's Dirabanan and the Katan is only Chai Dirabanan. But the father is only Chayim Drabanan One. once. So he says, two Drabanans is a lower level. Look what he says here. Aval by the case of, of Megillah, the Gabe Katan, Ikatarte Drabanan. He has two Drabanans. One, Megillah is only Drabanan, Vakatan Drabanan, and his obligation to Katan Drabanan. Eino Yachlotzi Hecha Deleka Elechat Drabanan. Trade Drabanans can never be Motzi one Drabanan. This is a Shaswide concept that Totos is, is Mechadish here. Why is it two Drabanans? For who? For the Katan? Taking Rabban came to the right to take them. No, but still, still the Rabbanon. So it's one, it's one and one. No, no, no. It's, we're, we're, there is a, there is a Turi Evan, we'll get to it tomorrow, it says it's Cain Daraisa. But Megillah is the Rabbanon. It's the Rabbanon. Whatever you're saying that... But the, 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 the Chinuch part... Yes. Is the Rabbanon. Is the Rabbanon. Is the And the whole institution of Megillah is the Rabbanon. Right. So the Katan is Chayv twice in the Rabbanon. The father doesn't have chinuch, meaning there's no drabanan chinuch on him. It's only one drabanan. It's chayiv megillah and the drabanan. Two drabanans can never. It's a lower level. If you chayiv two drabanans, it's a lower level. It's an amazing concept he's saying here. You can have two people both drabanan, but Tosfos says since it's a, it's it's two drabanans lowers them. They're not the same playing field. We're always saying that you have to be in the same playing field in order for person A to be multi person B. Here, your two drabanans makes each one less. He's chayiv drabanan because he's a katan, and the whole institution of megillah is only drabanans. Two drabanans. Whereas the father is only Chaim and Rabbanon once because the institution of Mikhail Rabbanon, therefore a child cannot be Motzi. But by benching, there's only Chaim, the child's only one. Because he ate enough. He ate Kidei Sevilla, but the father did not eat Kidei Sevilla. So since the child ate enough, he'd be Chaim in a turf, not for the fact that he's a Katan. So he's only Chaim and Rabbanon once. And the father who did not eat Kidei Sevilla, he only had a half a slice of pizza. He's Rabbanon. One Rabbanon can be Motzi, one Rabbanon. Two Durabanans cannot be Motsi, one Durabanan. We'll pick them here tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot more about Megillah. I know it's not March time yet, or other time yet, but a fascinating concept we'll discuss tomorrow about uh, Purim, women's obligations, and we'll go into a little more about children.